Hello everyone, and welcome to Chapter 2, Part 2 of Arethel's Fic, Broken Things. That was the word Lance used over the channel, giving Crowley his name as well. Apologies, but that operative is unavailable at this time. What? Didn't you hear what I said? Make her available! I cannot do that, said the speaker on the other end, a small Galver girl who looked very nervous. She was probably new. Leaders Crolia and Colovin are off-world. The mission is of a classified nature. We have been ordered to have zero contact with them until they return. Can you at least tell me when that will be? Lance felt himself deflate. The girl shook her head. They have only given us a rough estimate, which would put the return time to at least two more movements. These things are not guaranteed, though. Okay, okay. Lance chewed on his lower lip. But if there's anything you can do to reach them, Crowley will want to know because it involves her son. The girl perked up unexpectedly at that. Eyes widened. Keith, what happened? Her reaction caught Lance off guard, and suddenly, inexplicably, he wondered if Keith was involved with any members of the Blade, if there was some beautiful, fierce Galber warrior who should also be informed of Keith's capture, if someone was waiting for him to call, growing more worried and desperate by the moment. Keith was captured by a rogue group of Galber during his recent mission to Morath. I am going after him. Crowley will want to know. Wait a tick, the girl frowned and Lance could hear her fingers tapping on a keyboard. The mission to Morath. I just saw that report. Hold on. Her, she paused, her gaze shifting, eyes darting back and forth as she read something off on her screen. You mean this is about Keith? Mission to Morath. Relief of effort. She read. Ambush. Heavy fire from unknown assailant of Gala origin. Planet's inhabitants and infrastructure intact. One member of Blade Team MIA. Pre presumed deceased. She raised her eyes to Lance again to the screen. That's Keith? Abruptly, Lance wanted to end the call. Yes, he said shortly. As I said, I am going after him, so if there's any way to contact Crolia. But that's not my. But the orders are not to pursue. It says he is pres presumed deceased, and the blade. I am not part of the blade, Lance snapped. I don't give a fuck about what your orders are. I'm going after my friend, and his mother will want to know. The girl ducked her head. I understand. I I will do what I can. Thank you. He did not wait for her to respond as he shut off the video. He stared at the far wall of Shiro's office, breathing hard, hating how angry that report had made him feel. One member of the Blade team, MIA, presumed deceased. The worst of that, w the wording of that was so wrong. After everything Keith had done for the universe, they were just going to let him be an unnamed member of the Blade, his memory going to be nothing more than one impersonal sentence on a mission report, Cosmo must have sensed his distress because he got up from where he had been curled at the side of the desk and plopped his head onto Lance's thigh. Don't worry, buddy, Lance said, stroking the wolf's between the eyes. I'm going to make this right. I'm going to find him and take him back to Blade headquarters so I can watch him tell everyone off about not using operatives' names in missions reports. You have to come alone. You'll have to come along, of course, so he can stand on your back while he yells at Cullivan. You have to do these things eye to eye. Cosmo let out a tiny huff through his nose, and Lance was convinced he had just made Keith's space wolf laugh. 22 months ago. 
It was a good day. Lance had woken up before sunrise, preparing to spend the morning out in the field, planting up the portion of the crop he had not gotten to do the previous day. The work was good. It was good to have something to do with his hands. It was good to feel like he was accomplishing something, no matter how small or insignificant. The only downside that was this kind of work left him alone with his thoughts, and some days he had to fight not to spiral out of control. His thoughts on that morning were just starting to take a dark turn when a shadow fell across his face. He looked up, expecting to see his dad or maybe even Lewis, who helped out whenever they could. The fact that it was Keith who crouched down beside him, rolling up his sleeves, grabbing the pack of seed, and grabbing the pack of seeds to start on his own row was not a surprise to Lance. The surprise was that Curlia stood by her son's side, accepting the seeds and trowel Keith handed her, and moved further down the row after he explained what was required. Keith had an uncanny ability to sense when Lance wasn't in the mood for talking, and he only offered a brief smile and a pat on the shoulder before getting to work beside his mother. After that, the silence was more bearable because Lance, Lance's thought no longer traveled down the shadow path of the guilt. Instead, all he could think of throughout the morning was the two figuring, figured working several feet away from him. His thoughts lingered mostly on Corolla and the fact that she was here. Ever since he had met her, Lance had always felt an unexplainable need to prove himself in her eyes. He wanted her approval, and only that re and the only reason he could come up with was the fact that she was Keith's mother, and he had already worked so hard to gain Keith's approval. She had not approved in the beginning, and he knew that. He had considered him loud and obnoxious, but he had, he had also frequently caught her watching him, silent and intent, and he had never figured out why. Lance was surprised to walk past the kitchen later that day to find Corolla and his own mother in an animated conversation about the boys' fathers. He pressed his back against the wall, hiding from view and listening as they talked and laughed and told vastly different anecdotes. Lance's heart swelled with joy, and for a moment, everything felt whole again. Later that evening, however, the grief hit him without warning. Thinking everyone had either left or was already in bed, he stumbled downstairs, heading for the door. He wasn't sure what he was doing, but he knew he needed some fresh air. He blundered into the living room and froze. Keith and Crowley were sitting on the couch, which would have been fine, except Keith was curled up at one end. His knees pulled up to his face, hidden by his hands. Crowley's hand was on his shoulder, and and Keith and Lance could see his trembling from where he stood. Crowley turned to look at the intruder, her eyes, her yellow eyes locking with Lance's, and for the first time since they had met, her gaze softened. Lance, come here. He, hesita he hesitated, eyes flitting to Keith as the other boy hurriedly wiped at his face, trying to act as though he hadn't been crying. He looked back at Corolla, feeling helpless. You boys, she said gently. You think you have to do everything alone. You think you have to hide the pain from the world. She motioned Lance over again, and this time he complied, taking a seat beside her on the couch. Lance and Keith and I were staring, sharing stories of his father, she explained. Your mother and I spoke on the subject earlier, and I realized it is good to converse about those who are gone from our lives. It helps us remember them as whole people, not just the aspects we pick apart and choose. And help us remember that they had their own hopes and dreams, they made their own mistakes and choices, and their fate was not determined by our actions, but by their own. 
She placed her hand gently on Lance's bent knee. Keith's father's death was not caused by my choice to leave. It was not caused by Keith's belief that he was not a good enough son. It's the same for you. Your princess's death was not caused by whatever you believe it to be in this moment. Lance's defenses were already down, and Crolia was speaking to him as a mother, not a warrior. It still hurts. He couldn't have stopped the words, even if he tried. A snort of concurrence sounded from the end of the couch. You're damn right it still hurts. Lance leaned forward slightly, trying to meet Keith's eye, and it was then that Crolia's words caught up with him. Wait a minute. A frown creased his brow. I thought your father's death. You thought your father's death was your fault? All these years? Keith wouldn't look at him, and he didn't answer the question. He shrugged and moved to get up from the couch. Oh no. Oh, no, 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 you don't. Lance grabbed his wrist and yanked him back down. Keith let out a grunt of surprise, landing heavily in the space between Crowley and Lance. You're not going to walk away from this. We're bonding. Keith groaned and tried to get up again, but Lance snaked both arms around his waist and pulled him back. Look, dude, if I have to be sad and depressed and sleep-deprived, so, so then you can have at least the decency to join me. Plus, your mom is making a lot of sense right now. Are you are you going to just sit there and watch your son being held hostage by a crazy person? Keith held out his hands imploring to, imploringly to Crolia, but he, she was giving him a sigh sly sidelong glance you can easily break free of his hold if you wanted to lance tightened his arms yeah but he doesn't want to he acts all tough and fearless but really he just wants affection yeah he does there was fondness in Crolia's voice as she leaned forward and kissed her son on the head i believe you both also require a glass of water after all those tears she extracted herself from the couch and padded soundlessly into the kitchen keith only spoke up after she disappeared into the other room. Hey, Lance, you can go now. Hey, Lance, you can let go now. Later, Lance would rack up, rack it up to sleep deprivation and general loneliness, but he shook his head. No, man, you're a sucker for affection, remember? Gotta give the people what they want. What people, Keith grumbled, but made, mo made no effort to move away. Lance dropped his head onto Keith's shoulder unthinkingly. His eyes began to feel heavy. Hey, Keith, Yes, sleepily. Yeah, I'm glad you stopped by today. Lance was just drifting off when he felt the pressure of an arm slipping around his shoulders, pulling him a little closer. I'm glad I did, too. Lance smiled to himself as sleep took over his mind. When he awoke the next morning, he was still curled into Keith's side on the couch, and he realized it had been the first night where he had slept through without a single nightmare. Present Day Lance felt like he hadn't slept in days. It had been three days specifically since he had been told the news. Maybe he had gotten maybe six hours total, napping here and there when he could. One day to hear the news and make plans. One and a half days to travel to Marath, and approximately ten hours of searching for clues and questioning Marathians. Three days and six hours of sleep. He should have been exhausted. He should have been fallen asleep as soon as his head hit the pillow. And he tried, he really tried, but it was no use. He sighed quietly, sitting up and glancing over at Axa. She was asleep, lying in the, on the stowaway cot on, in the ship that had arrived in. Lance had taken the floor, and for a while he thought that it was the reason he couldn't sleep, except it had never been an issue before. His sister Rachel and he were the only members of their family who could sleep wherever 
whenever, so it couldn't be that. It was the feeling that they were running out of time. It was the need to move, to run, to fight, to do whatever he could to find his friend, not sit here and waste precious time that Keith might not have. He was just getting to his feet when he, to take a walk and to clear his mind when the comm on the ship's computer started beeping. Axel was up in a blink of an eye, and the two of them stumbled to the cockpit to answer the call. Pidge was rubbing, rubbing her eyes when they pulled up the video. Pidge, we talked about this. Lance tried to use his big brother voice, despite the fact that he probably looked just as close to death as she did. Sleep is necessary for survival. Hypocrite. She flashed him a sleep glare before snapping to attention. Anyway, screw sleep. We found something. Axa, have you ever heard the, of the planet Zalir? It sounds familiar. Axa took the pilot seat and pulled up the navigation charts from the ship's computer. She typed in the coordinates pitch supplied and a map appeared on the screen before you before her. Are you certain? I am as certain as I can be, given the cir circumstances. Well, little I could find on the Carvacel, plus the little bits of information we gathered here, all pointed towards that planet. She paused, shoulders slumping briefly. When she spoke again, she sounded the way she sounded the way Lance felt. It's our best chance. It's our only hope at this point. It's all we have. That was enough for Lance. Axa and I will go ahead. Zalir is our will be our rendezvous point. Once we land and get our bearings, we will report back with instructions on where specifically you will need to go. It will take he glanced at the map. Just a little over two days, it looks like. So you sh all should leave as soon as you're able to. I will let them know. Pidge gave a little salute before the video went black. Axa's eyes followed Lance as he took the passenger seat behind her. He raised an eyebrow in response to her unasked question. Pidge was right. Screw sleep. Let's do this. He gave her the first genuine smile he'd worn in some time. We're going to be heroes, Axa. There will be parades in the streets. They'll write songs about her bravery. Don't make me leave you behind, she grumbled. Aw, you're just as grumpy as Keith when he doesn't get much sleep. Me? I'm more of the maniac type myself, so this is going to be a blast. With the press of a few buttons, the engine roared to life, and they were off, rising through the atmosphere until all that surrounded them was darkness. Lance fixed his gaze on the vast expanse of space stretching before them, making a silent collective wish on all stars he could see. Please let him be alive. And that's the end of Chapter 2, Part 2. There will be an update for chapter three sometime next week. I have been busy kind of with school and such and, you know, homework is a thing, but thank you for all for listening to this and I hope you enjoyed it. Bye.